So one of the scenes that really impacted me, I mean, so many scenes impacted me, but one one particular scene was uh, of a fighter, a young fighter who had been shot. Mm-hmm. And uh, it looks like he's on his deathbed. He continues to incriminate the Shias, and he uses a particular word, the Rawafid, which is has a sort of a sectarian connotation to it. It's a fascinating thing, both in Yemen and I think mm-hmm. uh, in the region, the use of language and sectarian language specifically where that didn't exist. Um, so you, you were mentioning, for example, Rawafad, yeah? And he was talking about the Rawafad and fighting the Rawafad. But I am sure as a Yemeni, he knows that the Houthis are Zaydis. And it's, so it's not, Zaydism um, uh, as a sect is so much closer than uh, to Sunni Islam than to Shia Islam. If we're, if we're going to go into the, the, the sectarian differences, Iranians are mostly uh, Twelvers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Zaydis are not Twelvers. And actually to, to a lot of Twelvers, they're considered not even Shia, right? Because they don't believe in all the Imams. They, they believe in a, a lesser number of Imams. Um, and uh, just historically, in Yemen, uh, their jurisprudence and everything was much closer uh, uh, to uh, uh, Shafi'i Islam, which is the majority sect in, uh, in Yemen. And that kind of sectarian language didn't really exist. For I mean, when I first started going to Yemen, it was not an issue at all. I mean, there was an issue uh, definitely north-south. Especially for the uh, for the secessionists in the south, if you went to Aden, um, they would talk about all oh, the northerners, and they would have derogatory names for the northerners. But it was never a sectarian issue, right? When with with the past uh, few years, I, I would say specifically uh, 2014, 15. Uh, with the Houthis taking over Sana'a and uh, the Arab media's uh, portrayal of the Houthis. It's it's quite interesting because all of a sudden it went into, oh, they are the Sujas of the Iranians. Oh, they are Shia. Uh, even within Western media, they, they are described as uh, a Shia militia backed by Iran. Thank God they start, they stopped saying that now mostly mm-hmm. uh, but it is such an interesting context that didn't exist a few years ago yet now everybody uses it as a catchphrase you know like how people now use uh, dash as a catchphrase not ne- necessarily for the group itself but if you describe something as somebody as daishi then you're describing them as describing them as an extremist uh, you don't necessarily mean they are part of ISIS, but you just mean, oh, he's a Daeshi. It means, you know, he has extremist views. Um, and, and so the transformation of language and descriptions of of groups and people um, has changed drastically in Yemen. And, and it's such a frightening thing. Um, with Ali Saleh, when he, ha- when he was waging the wars uh, on Sahda, he tried to do that to an extent. Uh, but he was trying to say that they're no longer Zaydi, but they're more Twelvers. I, I, he tried to, to do different things, but th- he, he was trying to portray them as not even lo- uh, Zaydi, but they're, they've become uh, Shia of Iran, right? And that didn't fly uh, at, uh, at the time. Uh, so it... It was very limited, uh, but now I would say it is much more so than it was before. Um, and it's such a sad thing because that's what tears the fabric of society. You have a civil war now where people are describing each other by their sects in Yemen. Um, and that is harder to overcome. When you have a tribe fighting a tribe, then uh, the, the 
the the chances of reconciliation in Yemen much, uh, are very high. Uh, Yemenis have a long tradition of uh, tribal reconciliation and uh, and actual laws uh, uh, pertaining to uh, tribal warfare. What, what one of the major problems uh, that Ali Saleh had managed to decimate is that he not only had a weak and corrupt government, but he also decimated what used to be the rule of law in the country of these tribals, uh, tribal laws of how how people would deal with each other. So he's weakened the state and he's weakened the uh, the tribe. So now people have uh, no more recourse, and so the the, the very fabric of society itself now is being pulled apart. And that is the frightening thing. I mean, if you compare it to Iraq or Syria, I mean, they, they, they will say the same, uh, uh, similar things, right? Like, if you were in Baghdad, you're like, I, I don't know if if my classmate were Sunni or Shi'i or, or in Syria, you, you, you're talking about like a very open, uh, diverse uh, uh, society. And the same thing is happening now uh, in Yemen. We, we are learning no lessons from what, what, what's happening in the region in a very frightening way. But like, I was talking to a Yemeni friend of mine and I was like, every every year, I, I've been practically going every year for for quite a while now. And every year I say, Suqatra will always be there. Uh, this historical site will always be there. And now they're, they're being destroyed. And I, it's frightening to me. Like something that's been there for at least 3,000 years is now something that could, in a minute, uh, be decimated. And it's just, we are losing something so precious and we are not even paying we're not even uh, aware of it yemen is such an amazing part of our culture and history and in the region um and it's it's just quietly being uh, killed and yeah and i have no words for that really yeah. i i i find it quite traumatizing mm -hmm. everything that's happening yes um you you on the on the subject of of um, sectarianism and the role that the media play in in basically fomenting animosities between between different segments in society. Um, how much of of that would you say is is the responsibility of uh, the Saudi owned and and operated as well as Qatari uh, mm. media? in the region which basically dominates the airwaves and, and the tone that they use to describe not just the conflict in Yemen, but the conflict in Syria and Bahrain and, and various other places and, and Iraq. Uh, would you say that, that a lot of this is basically just cookie cutter, you know, approach to to basically build coalitions or or recruit people or, or individuals to fight think... on one side or another? Yeah, but I think all parties are um, are, are guilty of that. Uh, not just, I mean, obviously, uh, the, the the more powerful media like Al Jazeera and Al Arabiya and, and those um, have a bigger audience. But I think everybody's doing it, even in the West. I mean, I when when the rise of the Houthis came out, I had to fight with people about how the description a Shia militia backed by Iran, and I was like, how. 
why why is this an accurate statement? How how do you know they're backed by Iran? Did you do any of your own journalism? Do you know something I don't? What's going on? Like and even describing them as Shia. Why? Why are you describing? Why is their sect an important part of their description? They are a Yemeni militia that took over the the, the capital of Yemen. Like that is massive, right? You can you can describe certain things afterwards, but the the choice of of putting sect as part of a description uh, of a group, even in the West, helps in in uh, in maintaining the sectarian element of it. Mm-hmm. Even though, I mean, I'm not saying that sect doesn't pay, play a part in it, but when you're constantly putting that up front as part of the description of someone, um, then then th- th- there was a massive problematic issue with that. I have I have Western journalist friends who uh, who who have no problem asking me immediately after meeting me. Or like, uh, are you Sh- uh, Sunni or Shia? Like, <laughs> I am floored by this. This has become an acceptable thing to ask. Mm-hmm. Like, I- imagine Adil, يعني, about 10 years ago, would that have been something anybody would have asked you? No, of course not. Or assuming that I'm a certain sect because of a certain story I did. Mm-hmm. And, and and so it's, it, it is fascinating to me how all of that has played into uh, the sectarian war. Uh, journalists no longer have the space to do certain stories without fitting the cookie cutter uh, uh, image that you were talking about. Like you're either Sunni or Shia, or you have specific alliances. You're pro or against Saudi, or you're pro or against Hezbollah or Iran. Um, very little space is left for journalism, you know, regardless of the sect of uh, of the of the topic and. I, that that is really dangerous and i think for a lot of journalists especially in the wires that carry these kind of stories and describe organizations in that way or militias then they carry part of that responsibility and they have to think really carefully about how they describe these things i've noticed a trend now that they've stopped saying uh uh, Iranian backed, but Iranian allied, you know, like mm-hmm. finally, after all these years that they've realized actually they have no, no real evidence to say, I mean, it's very different than if you're talking about Hezbollah and the relationship with Iran or Bashar al-Assad in Iran versus the Houthis in Iran, you know, like it's just, yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's deceiving. Right, saying Shia rather than Zaidi is deceiving because when you say Shia, then in people's minds you are already linking it to Iran. It's already an easy link, right? Rather than having the really difficult conversation about what is the difference between a Twelver and a Zaidi, right? Nobody wants to have that complicated conversation because that doesn't fit the stereotype. And then within, uh, like within Saudi media, for example, just call them, uh, you know, uh, the, the fringe that are backed by Iran. And then it fits into their narrative about why they're fighting them uh, or for Al-Qaeda for that matter. It's very easy. It's so easy to recruit people now because they're saying that they're fighting Iran and Rawafad and, uh, and their representatives on the ground who happen to be Houthi. You know, it's so easy. The complex issue of uh, there are uh, army brigades that are allied to Ali Saleh, there are actually Sunni that are fighting with the Houthis. Uh, forget that. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. let's let's just Too make them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's make them all Rawafid. So then you feel okay by killing your brother Sunni. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 